What does it mean to live your core values as a business owner? I'm Devin Hers, and today we are going to discuss just that with the co-founder of College Hunks Hauling Junk, the largest and fastest growing hauling and moving company in the U.S. Welcome to this week's DMC Marketing Nugget. All right, well, let me take a, a breath here because I got some credentials that I got to say here before we get started. Uh, his company has been profiled numerous times on CNN, MSNBC, CBS, NBC, Fox News, oh yeah, Oprah Winfrey Show, ABC's Shark Tank, Bravo's Millionaire Matchmaker, and CNBC's Blue Collar Millionaires. He also participated with MTV on a panel at the White House about entrepreneurship. Great excitement here to welcome today's guest, Nick Friedman. Welcome, Nick. Thanks, Devin. Great to be here. You've uh, you've done a few things over the years, man. You got some great credentials there, and uh, so glad to have you on today's show to bring some nuggets to our audience. You've built an amazing franchise, so we'll dig right into that. Uh, of course, I want to roll into some of the nuggets, but let's first go ahead and uh, give our audience a little overview of how you got started and the origin story of College Hunks. Yeah, so I was always brought up to follow that more traditional career path. You work hard in school, you get into college, you get a degree, you get a job. And the summer before my senior year of college, I was home for summer vacation and I had an internship, which looked great on my resume, but my business partner who I'd gone to high school with, uh, my business partner now, approached me with this beat up cargo van. And he said, hey, we can use this van to go around doing odd jobs. He had borrowed it from his mom's furniture store. And we credit her with the name. She said, you know, you guys could be like the college hunks who haul junk, which we thought the name was catchy is not really what people typically associated with movers or haulers. So we just put computer printout flyers and mailboxes. People had a need for the service. They started calling. We actually won a business plan competition our senior year of co uh, college. It gave us a little more confidence in the idea. Then when we graduated, we quit our jobs after graduation to start it full time. And I always tell the story how uh, we were doing all the work ourselves. So we were driving the trucks, answering the phones. We had the 800 number on the back of the truck routed to our cell phones and people would call to complain about erratic driving. And I'd be in the driver's seat answering the phone saying, you know, we don't condone that type of driving in our company. Uh, we'll tell those guys to be safer on the road. So we probably fired ourselves at least three or four times that first summer uh, trying to do it all ourselves and, and eventually learned how to work on the business, not just in the business. Uh, and, and that's what sent us down the path of franchising, which today we've got over 150 franchisees, over 2,000 employees, over 200 million in, in annual sales. So it's, it's come a long way from that uh, that uh, beat up cargo van for sure. Now, College Hunks Hauling Junk, definitely a unique name. So thanks to, I think it was Omar's mom, right? That came up with that or? Yes, she gave us the cargo van door and that, uh, that catchy name that we ran with. Uh, I'm glad she opened her mouth about that and look where we're at. So um, the word hunks, I know in your name is actually an acronym. Uh, what does that stand for? So hunks, we actually turned into an acronym. It wasn't originally, but now it stands for honest, uniformed, nice, knowledgeable service, which we also say is our brand promise. So we've kind of expanded the definition of hunk beyond just the physical brawn attributes that people might associate and it's including the service experience, the, the thoughtfulness of our employees, because uh, that's really what we want to deliver to our to our customers. So we've, we've turned that HUNKS acronym into our brand promise, uh, which is what our clients expect when we go out and, and promote ourselves uh, as, as a service to, to help them with their needs. 
Yeah, and I, I love that's what you stand for. And we're really going to dive into your four core values today. I mean, we can go on and on about the background and the story, which I know there's plenty of content. You can find that on, online about Nick anywhere you go. But I want to give some good nuggets to our audience today. So I want to begin with one of, our, one of your company slogans. It's not about what's on the walls. It's what's in the halls. What exactly does that mean? So I really became passionate about learning all I could about entrepreneurship as we embarked into this journey. And one of the things that you'll see talked about in textbooks, podcasts, conferences, is having a set of core values that sort of define the type of people you want within the organization. And a lot of companies have nice sounding core value statements that they put on the walls or they put on the front page of their uh, of their training manuals, but they fail to really utilize those core values as a litmus test for who they bring into the organization and who they ask, in some cases, to lead the organization. And so we, we love that slogan, it's not what's on the walls, it's what's in the halls, because it's the people that actually create the culture and live the values that create the organization that you ultimately want to, uh, to have represent. Yeah, absolutely love that. I mean, it reminds me of one of my, my great mentors, Tom Feltenstein. I'm not sure if you know him, but he was big into the restaurant world and franchise world. And it was all about what's going on in the four walls. Because we've got to deliver at the point of sale. It's all what happens inside the four walls. Everyone's so concerned about the out, outbound marketing, but he said it's more important to focus on what's going on internally in the internal marketing with your business than actually worrying about what goes on the outside. So I think that just echoes that statement and making sure that your team understands your goals, your values. Uh, so I love that. And I think building into the core values that you have here, um, one of the things that you have, I believe it's your first core value is building leaders. How do you, as a busy entrepreneur, inspire your team members to maximize potential and achieve greatness? Excuse me. So uh, explain that for us. So yeah, and, and real quick footnote on on Tom Feltenstein. We actually had him at our franchise conference a couple of years ago. Okay. Come give a keynote speech. So so we're we're fans of his as well. Uh, haven't been oh. as as fortunate to have him as a mentor, but but he's been an awesome sort of thought leader for for our approach to business. Uh, so we came up with four core values, and I know we're going to talk about each one of them. Uh, and one of them that's very, that kind of, I think, leads the other three is our core value of building leaders. The idea is how can we get better every day and how can we help those within our organization get better every day to become better leaders? Uh, that was something that we were passionate about because we are hiring people that are doing physical, what some might perceive blue collar work. Uh, but that's not the type of mindset that we wanted to attract into the organization. We want to attract people that want to get better and improve themselves. And so some of the ways we do that, we say, if you're not training, you're not gaining. Uh, so training is not a one-time activity that happens at, at the day that they're hired. It's, it's ongoing. It's reinforcing and reinstilling uh, the qualities that make our team members great leaders. Uh, we also say coaching has to take place in the locker room, but also out in the field. So if we're training our hunks uh, to be great leaders, it can't just be something they look at in the in the manual in the office, but our, our managers, our franchise owners need to be out in the field with them from time to time to help educate them and, and, and teach them how to get better. Uh, delegation and empowerment is also a really critical aspect of leadership development. Uh, you know, we want our team members to make decisions on behalf of the company as if they have ownership in the company and creating that level of empowerment 
And along with empowerment, by the way, comes accountability, which is a critical part of leadership as well, because a, a great leader holds himself accountable, holds others accountable, and, and wants to be held accountable. Uh, and so those elements is, is how we live this core value of building leaders uh, through training, through coaching, uh, through empowering and delegating, uh, and then through holding ourselves and our team members accountable. I, I heard a quote that on a good team, the uh, coach holds the players accountable, but on a world-class championship team, the players hold themselves and each other accountable. And, and that's the type of leadership development that we focus on, not just with our franchise owners or managers, but all the way down to the front lines, the folks answering our phones and our call center, uh, the hunks out in the field doing the physical labor, doing the moving, uh, because we feel like if we can achieve that, where everybody is committed to getting better, then it's just going to lift, you know, all, all, all tides lift all boats or rising tides lift all boats. It's going to continue sure. to lift the, sure. uh, the organization further as well. Yeah, that, that's so true. And making sure the team's excited to come to work and know that they can actually grow with your company, right? I mean, there's so many people out there that just, they're, they're already at their plateau. They're not going to go any further. So being to keep that, that ceiling open for everyone and continue to educate them and train and take on new things, uh, it keeps people excited. It keeps your team engaged. Um, scaling a business, I, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say one thing that I think is critical to note on that and we talk about this in our company as well, is that building leaders, we like the path of opportunity for professional advancement, but it's not a guarantee because the way we talk about it is if you're going to move from the minor leagues of baseball to the major leagues of baseball, you can't be a mediocre minor league player. You have to be the best minor league player, and there's got to be an opening in the major leagues to move up. So the goal is to be the absolute best and become the best that you can be at each level that you're at. And if you do that, then opportunities open up and we've got great examples of of women and men who, who started on the trucks or on the phones who now own franchises or who now lead uh, larger teams within the organization uh, but it it wasn't the mediocre one that, that moved up just because they were here for a year it was the one that was committed to getting better and becoming the best that they could be Oh, yeah, keep keeps them motivated. And I love the baseball analogy there, of course. So uh, that fits right into how we try to keep things in our company as well. So I, I, you know, what I love about these nuggets is not only learning about different things and putting content out, but just taking things in from the guests that we have on. So a lot of this that you're telling us goes right back to the drawing board internally, and and we're gonna you know continue on these different foundations that you have. Um, scaling a business is definitely something that's tough for people and just that, that balance of getting bigger and hiring more people. So what does it mean to you to hire for attitude and train for skill? Well, that, that's also something that we picked up along the way as, as, as something that's critical because somebody could be good at moving furniture but if they got a negative attitude, then they're not representing our brand promise of being honest, uniform, nice, and knowledgeable. And it's a lot easier to train somebody how to pick up a piece of furniture and load it into the truck properly than it is to teach somebody to be honest if they're not, or wear the uniform properly if they don't like doing it, or be nice and friendly if they've got a, a negative disposition. And so it's a lot easier to train somebody or skill if they've got the right attitude that fits with your core values, that fits with your brand promise, than it is the other way around. Now, of course, they've got to have some level of competency to be able to learn the skill and, and execute on it, but typically it's a lot easier to do the first uh, than, than the latter. 
Absolutely. And uh, let's go ahead and jump into the second of your core values, which is listen, fulfill, and delight. So go ahead and uh, unpack that for our audience there. A uh, little, little pun intended, but uh, yeah, go ahead and unpack that nugget. <laughs> yeah, so, so listen, fulfill, delight. We are a service business. Uh, we're not a subscription business. You know, when somebody moves or has their junk hauled away, they're not necessarily gonna be utilizing us again next week or next month or maybe even not next year. So we rely so heavily on what I call the three R's, uh, referral business, reputation, which could be online or, or uh, just word of mouth, and repeat business, which could be a couple years from now. And the only way we can do that is if we exceed a client's expectations. If somebody is unhappy, they're gonna tell a lot of people. If somebody's just satisfied, meaning it was okay, they're not going to tell anybody. I mean, when was the last time you went and told somebody how amazing your Subway sandwich was or the experience at Subway was? It's just, you know, you weren't unsatisfied, but you weren't thrilled with the experience. So we're trying to do what we call a plus one where we fulfill and delight people with their interaction and experience with us. But the only way we can do that is if we know what their expectations are. The only we can, way we can exceed expectations is if we know and we can't know their expectations unless we ask them because everybody's expectations might be a little bit different. One client might be really concerned about getting the job done quickly. Another client might be really concerned about no damages. Another client might be really concerned about uh, price. And so that's why listen is the first piece of that core value. We've got to ask questions, uh, open-ended questions to find out what are the client's concerns, what are they most uh, uh, focused and what's most important to them. And if we listen, then we can fulfill and delight them with the experience that we deliver. So we train that to our call center agents, our hunks, our team members who work with our franchise owners, exact same thing. We've got to be listening to our franchise owners for the feedback so that we can fulfill and delight them as well. So this is kind of our service philosophy uh, and, and that it's worked. I mean, it's created a significant amount of brand equity and brand loyalty online. Referral and repeat business is, is at an all time high for us. And so that doesn't just happen by accident. It happens by intention and having that focus on, and, and, and we've even had to train, you know, this gets back to building leaders, training our hunks on how to listen and how to deliver an above and beyond uh, experience by understanding clients' expectations and, and looking for opportunities uh, to go above and beyond uh, for our clients. And we had a really cool story a couple of years ago where we were doing a move at an assisted living facility and uh, one of the hunks was stuck in the elevator with an elderly woman and the elevator got stuck. And okay. the elderly woman was having a little bit of a panic attack because she didn't want to stand for an extended period of time. So the hunk actually got on his hands and knees and let her sit on his back while the elevator was being fixed <laughs> about 30, 40 minutes. And there's nothing that we could put in the operations manual. You know, what do you do if you're stuck in an elevator with an elderly resident of an assisted living facility? It's just, but the fact that we were hiring for attitude and had in individuals that believed in and embraced the core value of listen, fulfill, delight, he knew what to do immediately, instinctually, uh, without us having to, you know, lay that out for him. And and so that was just a really cool example of that core value just coming to life. And we actually snapped a photo of it when the elevator was open because it was just a really, really interesting scene, and uh, it, it went viral. And 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 so it ended up creating a lot of uh, you know good good energy, good vibes for for people who saw that as well. 
Yeah, I was going to say that would make for a great meme on social. And it sounds like you already did that. But yeah, you're creating uh, your team and your clients, right? They're actually probably your best salespeople because they're giving great service. And then those clients become the evangelists that are talking about the great things that you've got going on. So yeah. uh, that, that's a phenomenal story. And I'll mention that, you know, listen, fulfill delight isn't just for our clients either. I mean, we, we, we try to live this with our employees as well, listening and fulfilling and delighting them with their experience in the organization. Because if, if our team members are not happy or, or delighted, uh, then it's going to be very difficult for them to provide that type of experience uh, for the client at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I would say this is so important for business owners out there and just anyone that's running a team to just hear this stuff. And, you know, you may have known about this, but just keep this top of mind on how you're creating the, the environment for your team, which brings us to core value number three. Um, we're going to go ahead and talk about create a fun, enthusiastic team environment. Um, the work your team is definitely uh, they're doing is definitely hard labor. Uh, can they actually have fun while they're doing all this uh, and, and give us some examples of a fun day of work other than uh, being a bench for some lady in, the, in an elevator? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when, when we first started the business back in college was right around the time the movie Office Space came out, if you guys remember that movie. Yeah. And at the top of the movie poster, it said work sucks. And so this core value is kind of like our anti-work sucks. How do we create a place where people want to be they don't feel like they have to be. Uh, and that doesn't mean it's just a free for all, you know, no rules type organization where everybody gets to do whatever they want. That's not what fun, enthusiastic team environment is. Fun, enthusiastic team environment is how do we create a winning team because winning is fun. And so the way we do that and the way we create some gamification and, and what we call gamification and, and engagement for our team members is we create a lot of rewards, a lot of recognitions, a lot of contests, things that make the work seem less like work and more like a game where the team members are, are engaged in it and there's a scoreboard and there's increasing levels of complexity and, and they feel like they're, they're actually playing something as opposed to just working something. Uh, and we know when we win. We win when we get happy clients. We win when we uh, put up big numbers uh, at the end of the month and, and keep our expenses in line. And so we create rewards and recognitions that support the company objectives, because we always say without a margin, there's not a mission. And so we are a purpose-driven organization, but we've got to remain profitable and in business to be able to deliver on that. And so creating those rewards and contests has created a fun, enthusiastic team environment for all of our team members. We do reward trips for our franchise owners that uh, hit certain uh, milestones and hit certain performance metrics. Uh, we do hunk of the year, uh, hunk of the month at all of our franchise locations as okay. well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, there's a reason that people are addicted to video games and there's no monetary benefit for playing a video game. You're just having increasing levels of complexity, whether it's Candy Crush or World of Warcraft. So to the extent as a business owner that we can create gamification within our organization, uh, it'll create that fun, enthusiastic team environment. So it's not just about the ping pong table in the break room or, you know, the free coffee Fridays or whatever, you know, you might do. Those are part of it. Uh, but it's more about creating the rewards and recognitions and contests that creates it almost like a sports team. Um, and I know you say you like the baseball analogy. We use a lot of sports analogies in our company as well uh, and trying to create that that sort of championship sports team type mentality, uh, whether it's, you know, you think about the college football teams that get the stickers on their helmets to rec recognize them for, for something well done. We, we try to take that same approach at the franchisee level as well. 
It's, it's funny that you mentioned awards because I'm, I'm standing here and, and looking at a piece that uh, may bring some flashbacks. Um, this is something that we printed up, of course, doing a lot of direct mail in our day and having the fortunate events to be able to work with College Honks and Nick about 12 years ago, doing a lot of their direct mail. Um, I think this was even something that you were given to clients that use you. Is that, do you remember this one? <laughs> Yes, I do. I think we still have a, a version of that uh, to this day that we send out at nice. the end of the job uh, that sort of uh, congratulates the client for, for re uh, receiving their diploma from stress-free university and, uh, yeah. uh, you know, giving the, the hunks an opportunity to get shouted out by the client now on, on the online review sites, gives them an opportunity, the team members to get rewarded and recognized as well. Yeah, I love that and continue to stay in front of those audience members that were clients and to make them feel good, which again, increases referrals and increases those good reviews. Those are everything that people want these days. And, and that's a way to do it. It's not once the job's done, you can't forget about them. You got to do those things to, to stay engaged with them through the years. And, and that's going to help you out in, in the business world as well. And now going into sports again and an analogies, um, number four is always branding. So that's a, a core value. Um, so I just, from my research here and seeing some things on the news that um, I believe you became the first ever sponsor of an entire college basketball team. Is that correct? Yes. So even back to the introduction you gave at the beginning of our, our talk, I mean, we've always been passionate about getting the brand out in the spotlight and not being shy about that. Uh, and I don't think any business owner should be shy about promoting their brand uh, because you got to get the word out if you have something that helps people. And so more recently, uh, there was two things that got us in the news. One, we were the very first company to sponsor a college athlete during the Nash, uh, name, image and likeness rule change. My business partner, uh, university he's a University of Miami alumni, drove down to Miami and signed the quarterback of the University of Miami at 12.01 in the morning, a minute after the law went into effect. That got big national news. And so that very same week, we signed the UCF women's basketball team uh, to an NIL deal as well as a sponsorship uh, uh, brand ambassador promotion deal. So they became the very first women's team uh, to have an endorsement deal with a brand. And that also got national news and, and recognition uh, by shining the spotlight in that area also. Uh, so we are very passionate about the always branding core value. I think every uh, business owner should be, uh, as you can see, you know, wearing the polo shirt that, with the brand on, it's just a, a, one simple way to do it. But uh, anybody who lives in the Tampa area is probably, or, or any of the markets that we're in, we're in 150 yeah. markets now, has seen our big orange and green trucks. So, you know, we brand those. We have something we call parketing, uh, which is parking in a visible location when the truck isn't being used. So it can be almost like a billboard. Uh, and the other thing that we try to teach our, our hunks uh, out in the field is you are the brand as well. Branding isn't just putting out signs or flyers. And so that's really a critical piece, you know, I think for for all of our hunks to recognize is, is they're walking, talking billboards and, and each of the folks listening to this, your employees are walking, talking billboards for the brand. And so I, I always say, you know, imagine that Oprah or 60 Minutes is following you with a camera every single day that you're out doing something, you know, something on behalf of the company. And at the end of the day, we're on stage and whether Oprah's following or not, the community's watching. People have their cell phones. So if you do something stupid, it's going on social media. If you do something great, it might also go on social media. Uh, but it, either way, it's a brand impression 
when people see these big orange and green trucks driving around. So that's something that we're very passionate about as, as far as making sure that the brand is, is portrayed in a positive way and or given the uh, opportunity to get some some mainstream exposure like like the news uh, stories or the Shark Tank television show or some of the other things we've done over the years. Yeah, that's right. You were on the, the pilot of Shark Tank, isn't that? Yeah, we were. It was the very first episode of the very first season, uh, and it still reruns to this day on on CNBC's uh, reruns. So you know, it's kind of like the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, that's not, not too shabby way to get the branding out there, right? I mean, that show's just taken off, and I think even yeah. one of your one of your hunks would, went so far that he loved your brand. Uh, is it true that they actually got a tattoo of College Hunks logo on his arm? Is that is that right? Did I read that somewhere? We've had, we've had a couple examples where Hunks have gotten tattoos on their uh, on their body of the College Hunks branded logo. Not something we ever endorsed or announced or or, or <laughs> advised. I don't know. Maybe maybe he thought it was job security. I don't know. Uh, but in in reality, I think when somebody gets a brand tattoo, it means that they really identify with what the brand stands for. I mean, there's people that'll wear Harley Davidson t-shirts or get a Harley Davidson tattoo that don't even drive the motorcycle because in that brand example, they identify with what maybe the freedom or the renegade or the open road, uh, which is what Harley Davidson represents. And so, uh, you know, I think it was a matter of time before our sort of our vision of becoming an iconic brand started to manifest. And it honestly started with these four core values that we've been reviewing and, and not something that we just put on a sheet of paper or put on the wall in our lobby, but something that we truly talk about every single day in our daily huddles, uh, in our employee reviews and our rewards and recognitions. And so I think the hunks who, who ended up getting College Hunks branded tattoos identified with and appreciated and, and, and believed in uh, these core values so much that they, you know, they wanted to put it on their, on their arm. Yeah, just uh, imagine the team members that are so invested in this that they're absolutely just, you know, <laughs> going to get a tattoo. So I think we're going to make that into a new role at DMC that everyone needs to get some nice DMC neck tattoos uh, if they want to be part of the team. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. Nice. Nice. So um, give us, uh, you know, you've had tons of success in the years. Uh, any other either nuggets that you want to share with our, our business owners, marketing directors out there that are watching this show? Yes. So two things I wanted to mention. Number one, obviously, each core value that an organization has is going to be personal to that organization, is going to be personal to that founder. So the four that we reviewed here may not be exactly what your listeners have as their core values, but there might be elements of it that fit with what their core values are and they might be able to pull in and, and adopt and or embrace. And so, you know, these were our four core values that we developed early on in the business that we're going to be sort of our guardrails, our, our moral compass of, of how we operate and, and conduct ourselves. Uh, and then some of the things that, and examples that I gave of how we live them, uh, certainly could be universally applied in any business, whether this is a core value or not. I think these are tactics that can be utilized in, in any business to, to help improve the culture. And then the only other nugget that I always like to mention to business owners is to what we, what we say is embrace the pace. That's something that uh, I, I, I adopted from one of our general managers uh, and now franchise owners in our system. I always talked about the importance of being patient and, and he told me, you just got to embrace the pace. And I think that's really critical because uh, you, you want to have urgency of effort, but patience for the results. Uh, you you want to be working hard and, and, and driving hard, but you got to be patient for the results. Because I remember early on, I used to get so impatient and frustrated and I would try to shortcut the success, hoping I could make things happen faster. And a lot of times, anytime I would 
try to shortcut something, it would inevitably be, you know, three steps in the wrong direction uh, instead of just staying focused and, and diligent on, on what we had working for us. Yeah. Phenomenal yeah. advice there. I know as entrepreneurs, you're always like, what's next? We got to do more. We got to get going, get it going. But the patience thing is that the business is still going to be there. Pace yourself, you know, set your plans up so you have a roadmap to follow. I just love all the nuggets that you're able to share with our team. So what's next on your radar? What's your big focus coming up? We just want to continue to build our brand. Uh, we have another company that we uh, started a couple of years ago, Trash Butler, which is more of a business-to-business -business service for apartment complexes, a little bit less of a consumer brand than College Hunks. So I'm, I'm just kind of staying focused on, on those two businesses, not trying to get too spread out. I, I think there's a tendency as entrepreneurs also, like you said, to try to yeah. do too many yeah. different things and, and losing that focus uh, ends up watering down the results. And so uh, just stay focused with those two businesses and, and, and create some balance, uh, you know, with family and, and everything else that, uh, that, that comes along with getting older. So I love it. Yeah, you got a fourth child on the way. So that's a full time job in itself. So congratulations on that. And, um, and you've got uh, some franchise opportunities still for people that are out there looking to potentially uh, be part of uh, College Hunks. Yeah, absolutely. So we, uh, you know, we've got over 150 franchise owners around the country, all independent business owners. Uh, we say, you know, you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself because you have the support and infrastructure of the overall national brand. And, uh, you know, we'd welcome uh, folks to, to take a look at our franchise opportunities. Or if you heard something, you know, something you liked as part of this podcast to, to uh, check out our employment opportunities as well, because uh, we're always hiring. Or if you know folks that might be interested in, in working with us, uh, you know, please send them our way, both as a as a franchise prospect or as an employee candidate. That sounds great. And where should people go to look for that information? Uh, can go to our main College Hunks website. It's just collegehunks.com. Pretty simple. Uh, that's all the information about our services for moving and junk removal our employment opportunities, as well as our franchise opportunities. And if people want to connect with me, I have a site we set up, nickfriedman.com. Uh, you can connect with me social media or, uh, you know, speaking or, or anything else that uh, I may be able to offer. That all sounds great. It's just been an absolute pleasure to have you here on our show. Uh, you know, we did some work way back when, which was a lot of fun. We went to boxing matches together up in Tampa. Amazing how things 10 years later, how you've grown. So just uh, always excited and proud to see uh, where you've gone with your business and your life. So kudos to you and your team there. And, uh, you know, hope uh, we get to work together here in the near future again. And uh, just congratulations on all that you've been doing. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for, for circling back and thanks for shedding the light uh, of nuggets for, for entrepreneurs and business owners out there and leaders. And uh, congratulations on your continued journey as well. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. So uh, be sure to share, like, and subscribe for more DMC Marketing Nuggets and visit dmcmarketingnugget.com to view all your past episodes. Here's to your success.